1: Well on a bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out of bad seat burger bad apple with a bad attitude. Hang around a bunch of bad out of bad tape bad la bad, bad 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 attitude bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City studios in the Varella Palacio, right across the river through the woods where my granny loves a little purple kush kush before she goes to bed in New York City. The big apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, ready to drive, out some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All oh, my friends come around, fight the, fight the party up, rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown, what a mess, this a tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do better. I a woo woo. I think I might have caught something from Keith. Should do uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going I'm Pharrell, along with your boy Mafia tonight. And I'm watching the Avs and Kings on uh, TV right now. So, I got a little hacky going. You can't beat that. Because uh, I actually just watched the Knicks puke against the Pelicans. So, um, I wanted to cleanse myself after watching the Knickerbockers just absolutely suck monkey onions tonight. I mean, to tell you, they are awful. I I have no idea what. uh, Seriously. You can't even explain it to me. What's happened to this team. They were the number four seed last year in the East. They were, you know, I mean, all year they were great. They played great every night, even when they lost. And now you watch them and they're like, they're one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they are absolutely a joke. They're abysmal. I mean... I couldn't believe what I was watching tonight. It it made me sick to my stomach. They're so bad. They were booing uh, at the Garden uh, uh, Randall all night. They were booing him because he was so pathetic. Randall was 1 of 9 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3, and had four points in the game. And he is their all-star. He made the all-star team. He was, you know... Literally one of the best players in the NBA last year. And now, I mean, what in the hell was that? One of nine from the floor, O of two from downtown, four points. And it, I, literally, he hit one jumper and two free throws. And he missed free throws in that game. They were booing him. He got teched up right before the half when he got a. Uh, tip back in. That was his basket, a tip in on a miss. And then when he went off the floor, he gave the ref the business. And the ref teed his ass up. I mean, to tell you, he is, like, something's wrong with him. I mean, he's falling off the face of the earth. His game is absolute trash. He can't do anything right. I mean, the guy can't hit a shot. He's flat out awful. And Mafia, didn't they give him a big contract, big money? They gave him all the money he wanted to say. said he wanted to play in New York the rest of his career. He got the money and then he quit playing. The guy literally does not play hard at all. He sucks. You can't explain it to me, Mafia. I'm literally, I got a fever from watching the game. Then again, I've had a fever all day.
2: Yeah, you and I were talking about this the other night that, you know, he seemed like last year he was hungry to prove himself. He wanted to make everybody, you know, eat their words that he couldn't be the focal point of this offense. He couldn't be the main guy on the team, that he was too selfish to play Tom Thibodeau ball. And then after he proved that last year, now it seems like, okay, I did that. Don't need to do anything else. I'm cool just being here now because he just doesn't, he seems, you know, he doesn't have the same work ethic. He seems lazy. He, you know, doesn't play team ball anymore he just jacks up crappy shots
1: i mean uh they lost to the pelicans i mean uh we welcome our radio affiliates to for all on the bench on a thursday night sirius xm mightier 1090 espn san diego of course sports map radio in houston sports byline usa and san francisco uh our national networks so uh they lost to the pelicans I mean, the absolute are they not the worst team in the league? I mean, the Pelicans are, are seventeen and twenty eight. Not that the Knicks are any better, but they're two games under five hundred. And I gotta tell you, they are stinking it up. They lost to the Pelicans, they lost to the Timberwolves, they lost to the Hornets. I mean it goes on and on. Don't get me started. I'll be here all day they giving you know rattling off losses. I mean, uh, I can barely watch them. They're so bad now, Mafia. Like, when I watch their games, my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. Like, I'm I'm literally, you know, falling asleep watching them. I, I sit down. I want to watch the game. I'm, I, you know, I nestle up to the TV. I got it all going. I got popcorn going. Got a little ginger ale going. I'm styling. And then I watch them just absolutely not hit a shot for the entire first half. They had... 54 points with three minutes left in the third 54 points they scored 91 don't be fooled they suck i mean they are pathetic come on thibodeau coach do something your team absolutely is awful it's all on the bench
0: you may or may not be a good sports grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever gotten rabies from trying to get a fresh rabbit's foot, you may not be a good sports grid listener. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench with Scott Pharrell.
1: All right, for All on a Bench with Mafia, I was actually, uh, Mafia loves, I mean, uh, you know, he told me the other day, he just said, you know, I got to tell you. uh," I said, what's the matter, Mafia? He goes, yeah, you know, I just can't get enough of your um, stories about all your health problems. He's like, you know, could you just, like, tell the story again of what happened to you, like, uh, with this infection again so that I could just enjoy it again because I mean, you talk so much about your health uh, problems that I, it's become uh, an addiction for me. Like, tell him, Mafia, you're addicted to me telling the stories of my failing health.
2: Just can't escape it. It just draws me in.
1: It just, see that? It just, it sucks him right in. Like, he has no choice. It's just inevitable. Like, every day there's something. So what happened was, I mean, I just have to tell this story because it was so unbelievable. And uh, my boss made me, uh, he literally made me a promise that I wouldn't do this on television today, that I wouldn't uh, talk about my um, satchel page or my onions. I got him to agree to let me talk about my satchel page and onions uh, due to him not wanting me to uh, say um, what they really are. You know, like the real term for my, uh, you know, satchel page and my onions, you know, my grapefruits, because that's how big they were. They were grapefruits. They weren't. They weren't. uh, You know, grapes. They were grapefruits. So, what happened was, is that I got, um, I got an infection, a nasty infection in, in my satchel page which cut off my onions and my uh, onion cord. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you actually have a cord that runs through your satchel page and and basically carries your onions in your satchel page. And so what happened was, is that uh, they can can actually, it can actually strangle you. It can like get wrapped up in there and coil up and, and cut off blood flow to your onions. And so I got this infection, and the whole time it happened, uh, it's been kind of going on for, um, you know, like a, a couple of weeks because I I had uh, massive pain when I was playing basketball. I was like, this is unbelievable, but every time I play basketball, my, uh, my groin feels like I tore it, right? Like I could feel uh this massive pain shooting into my groin, and I'm like, so I'm playing in this championship game a couple of weeks ago, and I felt uh, like a, like you know, I tore my groin, and I'm like, oh my god, I go, it's either that or I got a hernia, and I've had six hernia surgeries, so I figured it had to be a hernia because I've really never knock on wooden uh, torn my groin, so you know maybe I pulled it a couple times, but I've never torn it right. So I thought it had to be a hernia, no big deal. I've had six of them. I've had six surgeries on hernias through the years. And I just thought it was just another hernia, no big deal. I'll just deal with it. So I'm playing again and I played a couple times since we lost in the title game. And every time I play it, it came back. And uh, so I shut it down for a week. I didn't go to the gym, I didn't go to play basketball, I didn't lift or anything, I just stayed away. I figured I gotta, I gotta chill out because this thing's out of control. It's gotta, I gotta get it to you know calm down or cool down or fold back under, because it's like a tear. It's like a, a rip in your body and uh, it, a bulge and all the rest. It usually is uh, a, a warning sign if you got like a, a big bulge or something sticking out of your belly or your groin or whatever. So anyway, uh, I never had that. I just had massive pain. Every time I played basketball, my onions hurt bad. I mean, like, really bad. Like, I'd go home, all of a sudden, a couple hours later, it would come on, and it would just be overwhelming. Like, I'd be like, I can't even walk. It, it hurts so bad. My, my onions were so swollen, and my grape, a grapefruit size, that's how big they were. They, my literally, I could pull my pants down, and my, my satchel page had two giant grapefruits in it, and they were swollen that bad. And, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the fr- hell <laughs> is happening here? I can look at the size of my surgical page. And 34C's like, that ain't right. That's just not right. There's got to be something wrong. I said, ah, I don't know. It's got to be a hernia. And she's like, you got to call uh, the surgeon, the guy that does all my surgeries. And so I was like, yeah, I'll call him. Don't worry about it. She's like, no, you really, you really got to call him. I mean, you got you a serious problem here. Look at you. And I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. So then I'd sit around complaining. So uh, Saturday to play ball Sunday, uh, I woke up and I had it again and it was like out of control. And I'm like, what the Pharrell is happening to me? This is crazy. I've never had one this bad, a hernia. So the next thing I know it's like Monday or Sunday. I couldn't even, I couldn't even move. I just lay, I literally laid on the sofa all day, never moved. I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I could not go number one. Uh, and I couldn't go number two either. So I'm like, wow, something's wrong with me. And then Monday came around and all I cared about was doing the show, doing the, uh, TV and radio shows. So Monday at four o'clock I sit down to do the show and I am in agony. I am literally sweating bullets, sweating bullets right on the set. Like mafia thought I was, uh, smoking crack or something cause I was soaking wet. Like I jumped in a lake and, uh, I'm like, no, man, I got a hernia or something, and it's just killing me. And I can't even tell you how bad it is. They're all like, oh, God, here we go with this guy and his hernias. And I'm like, no, really, it's, it's a, there's something wrong with me. It's a real problem. And, you know, Mavi's like, you know, maybe you should get that checked out. And I'm like, yeah, I will. And then uh, Monday night, I did the radio show. I was in agony. Tuesday rolls around, same thing, size of grapefruits. My whole thing's out of control. I do. I go to do the TV show, same thing, nightmare. I can barely get through it. I do two hours of TV. I'm literally crying on the set. And then I did the radio show that night, same thing, lit- agony. Just can't even sit. I'm, I'm literally standing in the studio doing the show. I can't sit. I just can't put pressure on my... Uh, my groin and my, I can't sit down. I mean, my, my onions were the size of grapefruit and I just couldn't, I couldn't walk, I couldn't sit. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go to the bathroom. And this is like, you know, three days of it. So on Wednesday, I end up literally, uh, finally at around two o'clock, I got my surgeon. I finally broke down and I gave up. I was like, all right, she's giving me pressure, 34C, giving me the business, giving me heat, just high heat. And I'm like, all right, I'll call him. So I got on the phone, I called him. Of course he answered, he's operated on me six times. And I said, I got a problem. He's like, go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, oh God, here we go again with this shack. And so I got in the car, uh, she had to drive me. I couldn't drive, couldn't sit, couldn't do anything. I laid in in the seat, the passenger seat, all the way down like a bed. I got to the hospital. And uh, sure enough, uh, they, they give me a CAT scan and an ultrasound. And I mean to tell you, when they gave me this ultrasound, this chick with the jelly and the ultrasound machine, and she put that gun on my uh, package, I mean to tell you, and my onions, it, I literally almost jumped through the roof of the hospital and went straight to Mars That's how bad it hurt. I mean, she touched that thing on my onions and I literally exploded in this hospital bed. I was like screaming in pain. I was like, this has got to stop. I I can't take this anymore. And finally, uh, they shot me up with morphine and that was the end of it. I didn't feel anything. And then they rolled me into the CAT scan machine. I'll tell you what happened after that on the bench. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't want to make that or condone
2: that at all. I play it straight up, yo.
1: Sounded like the description of the Knicks. The open of that segment, lifeless. They are absolutely lifeless. Rick Harrow's is our sports business and legal insider from Harvard on Sports Grid, on Sports Grid TV, on Sports Grid Radio, on Coast to Coast, and on For a Bench.
3: Mr. Harrow, good evening. Knicks are lifeless, but they're worth about 5.2 billion, according to Forbes. Uh, I don't. I still, still don't get it. Uh, nor do I get the Lakers' value at 27 and 28. Maybe they're 28 and 27. I don't know. They, they'll they'll limp into the playoff, and that'll be it.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, the Lakers are average. Uh, they're a 500 team. Uh, the Knicks are below 500, and they are flat-out awful. And that that's from number four seed last year in the playoffs in the East to this. Uh, it is an abysmal turn for the worst. I just wanted to finish this story uh, with you, Rick. Uh, I don't know if you knew what happened to me, but uh, I, I was – uh, in the hospital yesterday. And um, so it ends up, uh, I just want to finish this, and you can just enjoy this uh, calamity. I will, no, right I heard, but I want to hear
3: more. Obviously. So what happened is, is
1: like, so I end up in uh, the hospital, and they did the, uh, they did the ultrasound on my satchel page and uh, my onions, and uh, when the chick did it with the jelly and the and the gun on my, uh, you know, package area, I literally uh, almost flew through the roof. I mean, uh, they were the size of grapefruit. She's like, oh my god, and like I'm like, duh, like that's why I'm here. She Uh, said, said, oh my god, look, isn't that nice? I go. Okay, so I'm looking at this lady and I'm like, "Uh, obviously it's a problem. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God. And then when she touched it with the thing, I was like uh, through the roof. And then finally they shot me up with morphine and I uh, then they rolled me into a a CAT scan and they had to like carry me off at a uh, table into the onto the CAT scan table because I literally couldn't move. I mean, I was crippled. I was absolutely paralyzed with pain. And even though when they put me on morphine, I couldn't feel anything, but I couldn't like walk. And so they put me in this machine and when it was done, I, an hour later, they came back in and they, and they told me that I had, um, I don't know, uh, or something is what it's called. And all I know, I said, what the hell is that? And, and the doctor said, uh, well, put it this way. Uh, if you were under 35, you would have uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia. And I said, what? I said, what are you talking about? She said, but you're 56. So what you have is E. coli in your satchel page. And I was like, oh, no. You mean like E. coli? And she's like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, vomiting and Rhea in your, uh, in your yeah. satchel page. And I was like, well, how the F did I get that? And, she, right. and I said, I don't sleep around. I don't do anything. I go, I've never done anything like that in my life. And uh, she's like, it could be any number of reasons. It could be like 12 reasons. And so I, I'm like sitting there looking at her like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to hear 12 reasons why I have this disease. And uh, so the next thing you know, uh, they, uh, I don't know, I, they made me lay there for four or five hours. And uh, they started feeding me uh, intravenously all these drugs. And then by the time I left uh, late at night or whatever, I went home and I I uh, they had me all drugged up. And so when I woke up in the morning, uh, I slept like eight hours and I woke up and it was gone like it was back to normal. Wow. I didn't have, the, I didn't have the, the swelling, I didn't have the, the major balloons uh, down there. I just had no pain, which is the first time in four days that I had no pain. So I tried to drag this out. I just thought it was a hernia, Rick, and I've had six hernia surgeries. So I thought it was just another hernia and it was no big deal. But meanwhile, I had like this, you know, infection and it was horrible. And my surgeons said it is the worst possible infection that you can have in your body. And I was like, how did I get this? And he's like, we'd be here all day if I tried to figure it out. He said, you got it. It is what it is. He goes, I'm going to blow it out. It'll be gone nuclear in 48 hours. So I started taking these drugs. Uh, any, any I mean, there's effect? side effects for sure. Like, I felt like the whole time uh, since I got out of the hospital, I feel like I have the flu. I've been, uh, you know, cold, sweating, cold, sweating, tired, sleeping. I can't stay awake, that kind of thing. But I, I got through it. Like, I'm sitting here right now doing the show, and I'm pretty much soaking wet. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. But I don't have uh, any onion problem. I don't have any satchel page problem. I don't have any pain at all. And I couldn't, I couldn't go number one. I couldn't go number two for four days, five days, whatever it was. And it was the worst. Th- I couldn't go to the bathroom, and I and I and I had to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't go to the bathroom. And it was just shut off, and it shut down my entire groin, all my sperm, whatever they have, like there's sperm ducts in your groin, everything, everything. He said everything was like cement. It was seized, and they did, you know, the cat scan showed that my entire area was infested with this infection and I was completely shut down like cement and he said it's the worst thing ever. He said, you're just going to have to deal with it and get through it. And so I have, but it was the worst thing ever. Like I didn't want to miss the show Monday, (laughs) Monday and Tuesday. I did the show mafia tell Rick what my face was like on the TV set as I was trying to do a show and not let people, uh, understand what was happening to me.
2: He was breaking out in sweats when it's, you know, 30 degrees outside, he was you know, constantly wiping himself off like he was Shaq at the free throw line, rocking back and forth in the breaks. Half the show he was like leaning back on his chair. like you know, He looked like he wasn't even interested just because he was in so much pain. He had to shift his weight, and it was a mess.
3: Well, I was on It was Tuesday, awful, Rick. I... And I, I do remember you taking a break before we started, um, and I tried to talk to you, and I just figured you were just being yourself. But I didn't realize that you were under uh, an amazing pain and uh man save those onions right i mean thank you
1: i remember doing the uh show with you and i was uh miserable and usually i talk to you i say hi yeah uh we right. laugh and joke but i didn't i didn't say a word to you i just was like i had this look on my face like i was the last place in the world i wanted to be was on on tv because uh, i just had a nasty uh disposition because I was in agony. I was literally in agony. And the, the, the boys, problem I the have, I'll just up, be
3: honest with you. Do the boys upstairs they, well, know what knew. sacrifices you made of your body to be a trooper uh, on the show this week?
1: They didn't know that I had a problem Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I didn't tell anyone, but my producers knew, and the and the guys that run it in Kansas City knew that I had a major problem. And then my problem is I'm such a a loser because I hate uh, I hate hospitals, right? So I've been in, I've had twelve surgeries. I'm constantly every time I go to a hospital, I end up in a in a cutting room, and I end up having surgery. I've had every surgery known to man. I'm sick and tired of it. I hate it. I hate doctors. I hate hospitals. I hate ERs. I hate being there and and they do you just sit there for 5 6 hours. It's the worst. So I refuse you know, basically to go and I'll, I'll only go if I'm dying. And literally I fought this pain and my wife's like, you're not getting better. Something's wrong with you. You've got to go to the hospital. And I finally broke down and went and sure enough, they were right. My surgeon was right. My wife was right. I was wrong. I needed help and I didn't realize, I thought it was just another hernia that I tore my groin and I just was like, I'm a wimp and I can't take the pain, but I'm like, I can do this. I can, I can get through this. And I couldn't. And once I went, uh, and they told me what I had. I was like, you know, holy shack, that's that's kind of a problem. Um, I have no idea uh, on the face of the earth how I got it. They actually, what, two of the reasons you can get it, believe it or not, is uh, sitting all day or something like you, you strangle off your onions or something. Cause you're always sitting or you're, uh, ex- uh, uh the other one was, uh, overexertion. In other words, I play basketball seven days a week. I, I play, you know, Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays, I play, you know, upwards of five, six hours of really intense, aggressive up and down basketball with violence and jumping and pounding. And, and, uh, you know, when I get done playing sometimes my, uh, my, my, uh, hernias hurt and my groin hurts and so i just thought that's what it was but it wasn't it was this it was this d- devastating infection and the next thing you know i'm in there and they're telling me i got this nasty i couldn't believe like when i heard e coli in my satchel i was like I know what are you can talking it, hey, about i've never heard of can that it come
3: back can it come back or are you done? uh geez I, I i don't i
1: don't i don't know and i don't i don't think that it can come back like right
3: now but uh it's well but it's if, if the two pain has gone are if two of the reasons you get it are one you two have too much exercise and the other you have no exercise, <laughs> I don't know what you could do. I mean, just pray it doesn't come back, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm a doctor I just, and I say you know, just, exercise, but don't exercise. I mean, really. You know, I'm lucky that I
1: have a, a great uh, do- surgeon that has yeah. operated on me a bunch of times, and I'm I'm great that I uh, I'm grateful of my wife convince me to go because I'm stubborn. Like I just I'm like, I'm not going. I'm just leave me alone. I'm on the couch. Leave me alone. I'm fine. I can take it. I've had so many surgeries, Rick, and I've had so much Pain. I've broken every bone in my body. I have had four ass surgeries. When you have four uh, fistula surgeries, you will find out how much of a man you are. When you have a like Satan hellfire in your in your bum, uh, you find out real quick how tough you are. When your took has, has got like Satan fire hell in it, <laughs> just
3: yeah. I was yeah. In one of the. You had one uh, when I was visiting you uh, during Howard Stern, and it wasn't pleasant. Yes. to see you.
1: It was not yeah. pleasant. So those no. those are yeah, those will make a man out of you. But I got to tell you, this one I think this one may have topped the cake for pain. I've never I've never had pain like that before. Where I literally every step I took, my wife said I looked like um, I, I was walking around with a baseball bat shoved in my tuckus because I, I had to walk with my legs completely separated because my onions were the size of grapefruit and they were smacking against each other in the swollen satchel page. And it was just the worst five days of my life. And now that my onions are back to normal, it's just the greatest relief ever. I sing praise to heaven above. It's a great day. We'll come back and do five and five with Rick Haro in our sports business report. Finally, we'll get to the business at hand.
0: When it comes to getting trusted sports gaming strategies and info, you can ask your dumb friend Kevin. Duh. Or you can just listen to us. We recommend. Us. And we won't ask to borrow your car either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench with Scott Pharrell.
1: So I'm watching the LA Kings and uh, playing the abs, and I saw Quinton Byfield, the number two pick in the 20 draft. He's, uh, he's just phenomenal. He's got it all size, speed, skill, hands. Uh, he broke his ankle, and uh, this is his first real, uh, he's back on the ice. And he's uh, playing again, and he uh, almost scored his first NHL goal on a beautiful sweep in from the right circle along the boards. Uh, and, and in front, and he whipped it back to his backhand and tried to flip it up over to goalie, but the goalie made the save. Uh, incredible uh, speed and move. Uh, you can just see his talent. Uh, the Avs just scored 2 nothing. Colorado. They scored on quick to make a 2-zip. But this kid, uh, Quentin Byfield, is going to be a player for the L.A. Kings, I'll tell you that much. You can see it. He's by way, all over by the, the way, ice. By the way,
3: before – before we start, and speaking yeah. about L.A. events, uh, you know, when we get to L.A. and everything is packed in the middle of L.A. Live and the Radio Rose and the Convention Center and the old Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena, is where I'm going to do all right. my interviews. The uh, AEG folks are gracious enough to give us a conference room to have all the people who are coming in for interviews. But Tuesday night of that week, the Lakers are playing the Bucks, man. So I don't know what we're doing. Uh, you got a show. Oh well, but you know what? The show's over early for you, so let's figure out whether you want to do the Lakers Bucks that night. That so uh, we'll be right there. So that would be kind of a cool game. Yeah, I mean that would be great. Uh,
1: yeah. So what I do at ten to night So, but it's seven to nine. I'd be on the air out there, and the game's at seven, right? I but think you'd, so. you'd have a nice yeah, time but... at that. You'll have a nice time at the game, Rick. It sounds like a great, sounds like a great time that I won't <laughs> be able to go to because I'll be doing a, a show. <laughs> But, yeah, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll
3: text. I'll text you the score so you don't miss it. How's that? Yeah, text me the score. Maybe give me a program. You'll have a you'll have a good time. I'll get your program uh, anyway. I'll, get, so, I'll, I'll sneak. I'll up here into Radio Row. How's that? That's good. There you go.
1: Okay. Uh, so uh, I don't drink. Anyway, um, the no, you don't uh, you don't drink. I know baseball you Baseball talks. I don't drink. We, I got enough problems, yeah. let alone drinking. Uh, so do you have uh, uh, any you're, you're information funny. at all about the pr- the problems between baseball and the union, and where are they after they you know met last week? and I heard absolutely nothing was accomplished?
3: Well, let me give you a roundabout uh, uh, issue that was very important day in Tampa. I don't know if you saw it, but the Tampa Bay Rays and Stu Sternberg have been hawking an idea of a sister city plan where they would play half the games in Tampa and half in Montreal. Right. And right. a lot of opposition, but it was formally killed today by the executive committee of Major League Baseball, which puts the town in a tizzy. Everybody is saying, what are they going to do? They've still got 5 years on their lease, but now we've got Tampa Stadium and and St. Pete opportunities, but the executive committee did it unexpectedly uh this week and everybody is speculating that they want to you know clear the path of all kind of distractions cuz they want to get down to it and make sure that all of the issues get resolved pretty quick between players and owners it's not an automatic guarantee but you know listen you got the you got the uh uh, uh equalization tax or the luxury tax you've got a, a free agency after a certain age you know those are the two big issues and then the minimum salary it, it's important but it doesn't, none of this stuff are deal killers in my estimation. So they just got to sit down, lock themselves in a room, and get it done for two days. Now, the real question is are they using the beginning of spring training as the deadline or the beginning of the regular season? Now, for those of us in Florida and Arizona who depend on spring training, that's a big difference.
1: So, you know, uh, I hear that um, from my sources that baseball will. Um, Uh, they're going to lose spring training. Uh, They're going to have a very uh, short, if any, spring training, and that uh, their goal is to uh, play 162 games, and then nothing else uh, is a given. Um, It is just – it's a mess right now. Nobody wants to admit that, but that's exactly what it is. Let me ask you this question. Do you think – because Tampa said they were going to explore other avenues in Tampa, and the only other – Baseball stadium at all, in my opinion, in Tampa that they could play games in is the Yankees Legends Field. Are the are the Tampa Rays considering trying to uh, cut a deal with the Yankees to let them use their uh, baseball stadium for uh, their their regular season games? Where the hell else are they going to play in Tampa?
3: Well, they've got to find another site, and they've got five years to do it. So it's not the end of the world under the current lease. The real shenanigans were that the St. Pete people weren't going to let the Rays look anywhere else during the term of the lease other than the St. Pete County Pinellas. And that's kind of off the beaten track for some people. So there is a town, you've been there before, kind of a tourist attraction called Ybor City, you know, to the east of Tampa. yeah. And the rail line comes in there and the hospitals are there and it's only about exploring that, and there is enough time to put that together. So that may emerge. Uh, Yankee Stadium is, you know, near... Raymond James, I'll be there on Sunday. It's a great area because people are used to going, but it's too small. And if you try to expand it, they've got some problems with parking and otherwise. But, you know, never say never. They could use part of the infrastructure and they can build around it. So they have enough time. It's just that they weren't focused on it because they were going to do half of Montreal and now baseball shut it down. Well, why can't they just play where they're playing now in that dump? Well, That's, that's why. I mean, they can do it for, till the end of the lease. But then, you know, listen, and and it's it's partially the community, it's partially the marketing, it's partially the location of that stadium. You've been there. I mean, it's close to the Sarasota-Bradenton part. But if you're in downtown Tampa, you know how long it takes to get from downtown Tampa across the bridges all the way south and all the way to that stadium. It's a 45-minute, hour-long trek. So it's location, and it is a dump in the sense that it's, you remember, it was built at the same time the Marlins got their expansion deal. Uh and the difference was the baseball people told the people in Tampa and Saint Pete, you know, let the expansion team decide whether you want to put a roof on it or not, and they said, No, 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 we're gonna do it and we're gonna put a cement roof on it. It feels like a mausoleum in there. You know, you've been there.
1: I mean, it really does. It's it's bad, but boy, that, that really Sounds like a mess to me. Like, well, I, I don't even yes. know what to I, I don't, even, I don't mess, even know what to say.
3: It's a mess. But the good thing about it is you got time to focus on the mess, and any stadium that I've ever done gets done only when it becomes a mess. It's like, you know, hitting rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, he says, we're going to lose them. Meanwhile, they're one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. You know, they've done more with so little, more than probably anybody else has, and some people say, you don't need public money because the team's gone to so many series. I don't buy that argument. It doesn't you know, work because that doesn't mean they're going to be doing it forever. And you do need something that's comfortable for the fans. And I think right now, after the pandemic and they're looking for infrastructure money and this becomes jobs and economic impact, it could be a perfect storm. This could be the right opportunity to do it. Um you know, check in with me on a regular basis because I I, kind of know that deal pretty well. So we'll see what happens.
1: All right, so uh, let's do uh, uh, some uh, top tech. Uh, How about this? Netflix
3: uh, is planning a a documentary on the PGA Tour. Well, and remember the drive to survive. That was a cool series for Formula One. And now there's a similar deal with the 30 for 30 guys, uh, and they're starting it uh, with the Australian Open for tennis majors. And they're doing the same thing now with golf majors in the PGA Tour. So all the guys around me, the buddies in the neighborhood, you know, the Dustin Johnsons and Justin Thomases right. and Ricky Fowlers, everybody's going to be followed around at majors and during the year, on-field, on-course stuff, off-course stuff. And people are going to kind of get into the lives of a professional golfer. I think it's going to be fun to film and fun to watch.
1: I won't be surprised if you're on that show. Uh, Fubo TV has the uh, rights in Canada for the Premier League. That's a nice deal for them.
3: Yeah, and uh, Fubo is getting big in places where you didn't expect them to be. So they will include the streaming rights in the U.S. for certain things, like the Qatar World Cup uh, and certain other things as well. And they have A and Coppa Italia. Uh, They're trying to pick off stuff that other people clearly don't have, and all 380 EPL matches in Canada is a good start.
1: By the way, Netflix also doing a tennis-based docuseries as well, following tennis players. They're doing both the golf and the tennis.
3: Yeah, and they're both going to be really good, uh, especially with all the drama in tennis right now. Maybe they'll catch Djokovic getting on a plane and flying back to Serbia.
1: I heard that he owns, like... A big piece of a company trying to come up with something other than the vaccine for
3: COVID. Uh, Is that true? Yes. Well, the published reports, and I saw them this morning, and I'm getting the kind of financial statement of the company. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not quite sure how real it is. But he bought an 80% stake in a company that's offering an alternate treatment. And it would be ironic if the guy says, look, this is what I'm using, and this is real, and you shouldn't have kicked me out of the country. But regardless of that, He's taking a real PR hit.
1: He might, uh, you know, in my view, he might never go back to the Australian Open because of the way he was uh, treated by that country, even though I think they did the right thing. But uh, I guarantee you he's not happy with Australia. Uh, Shaq sold his uh, stake in the Sacramento Kings.
3: Yeah, and he did it because, you know, the NBA made him do it because, you know, he's coming out with a new deal with Winbet. And... (laughs) I can't wait to see the commercials. He's the face of the new Shackpot free-to-play prediction game sponsored by the sports book WinBet. And so in order for him to do that, make boatloads of money, he needed to sell his king's stake. And I don't know how much it was, but he bought it in 2013, so I'm sure he made a lot of money on that deal. Who's the new uh, Timberwolves, Lynx, uh, CEO, yeah. It, it, well, and this is a CEO of a different kind. This is a chief experience officer. It's the first ever. Uh, and the teams said the experience was in this person's title, Marquise Watts, uh, emphasizing the player experience to help Minnesota attract basketball talent. So so he's like a uh, kind of a free agent attractor. Watts was Recently, president of the brand strategy component for the Clutch Sports Group, which includes a lot of the players co founded by LeBron James. So, you got a team hiring a guy whose role is to lure free agents. It's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, it's cool. How about the Texas Tech player that got an NIL deal in the middle of a
3: game? Adonis Arms. That's the funniest story I had all week. So, the Raiders were on their way to an easy victory against Oklahoma State when Raising Cane's posted on Twitter telling ARMS to check his DMs. And chicken fingers, check your DMs. The guy raised his hand in the air. All of a sudden, the guy's got a uh, uh, a uh, uh, deal, and an NIL deal that's pretty significant, patterned after another Texas Tech guy, but none of them happened during the game. This one did. It's amazing.
1: Wow, that is. All right, so let me ask you, uh, you're going to the Tampa Bay game on on Sunday. Uh, We were talking extensively today on Coast to Coast that the Rams can beat them.
3: Yeah, and I don't think they will, but I think they definitely can. And I think a lot of people are scared about it because, you know, people are now getting in the the habit that Brady is invincible, especially at home. Well, he's not. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of quarterbacks last week, as you know, the bright lights scalded them, uh, like Mac Jones and like Kyler Murray. By the way, wasn't that the worst pass in the history of football, the Kyler Murray uh, touchdown interception? What was that? Yes. You
1: see, I, I assume- think it was. It, it, I think it really was the worst. Rick, great stuff. I'll uh, see you next week on Coast to Coast and on a bench. with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. So I'm looking at the uh, at the game. The Kings Kopitar scored, um, and it's two to one. Uh, the Abs are on top of the LA Kings in Lipstick City, and it's a, it's a pretty good game. But I was looking at uh, Dustin Brown. You know, uh, man, does that guy's face tell the story? Uh, let alone Doughty. You look at either one of them, Mafia. I mean, uh, they've been in the league, you know, let's say, ten years maybe, and uh, they've you know they got their hands on a couple of you know Stanley Cups. They, were, uh, they had a little dynasty going there in L.A. And if you look at those two guys, I mean, when they came into the league and when they started playing with the L.A. Kings and where they are today, they're still on the Kings. I mean, those two guys look like they're 100 years old. I mean, it is the most unbelievable thing what hockey does to your face and body. Uh, those two guys look so old. They look older than me. I mean, Dustin Brown looks like he's 70, and he's playing in the NHL. He's been in the league. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing 10 years. I mean, a guy looks like he's 70 years old. He has no teeth. All his hair is gone. He's got scars all over his face. I mean, a guy looks like he went to Vietnam 15 times. I've never seen anything like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially when you guys like that. You know, It's one thing to be in the league a long time, but when you are guys you know, who aren't afraid to mix up like those two, you know, that definitely adds a couple of years. Every time you drop the gloves with someone, to take a big hit to the boards.
1: I mean, to tell you, I, looked, I couldn't even recognize him. I'm like, that's Dustin Brown? Oh, my God. I go, bro you got your aarp card i know i have mine it's embarrassing all my failing health mafia's like it's all catching up to you pharrell it's pharrell on a bench reese's peanut
0: butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil